This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you, talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets, from the Subway to Shea studios in my office. It's episode 79. I can't thank you enough for your continued support in listening to this podcast. I keep going because of all of you. And a huge thank you to Cleon Jones from the 1969 world champion New York Mets. We had a conversation about his book, Coming Home, My Amazing Life with the New York Mets. It's a great book. You can purchase it wherever books are sold. I have left links in last week's podcast episode description so you can order it from there very prideful met cleon jones is always around for events which leads me into the big topic of this week's episode a big event took place this weekend in which i attended old timers day the first old timers day since 1994 can you believe it's been that long since we've had an old timers day now i took my father to old timers day and we had a great time getting there i did not expect the parking lot to be as full as it was and i'm prefacing this because when i went to go see keith hernandez the parking lot wasn't as full maybe i got there very early but when i got there it was packed completely packed a sold out crowd getting into that stadium all the med fans just enjoying everything i know they had the red carpet and the bus leading up to that event for all the Mets alumni. I did not get to attend that part. It was just an amazing experience. Experience it with my dad was just awesome. Picked up some merch with, you know, a possible giveaway of a Mets program from Old Timers Day. I might be doing that on Twitter in the next couple of weeks, so be on the lookout for that. You know, going with my dad on these adventures into going to these games since I was a little kid. My first game, I have pictures of it, and I'll post them at some point. But my first game ever, and I may have mentioned this, was in 1998. It was just me and my dad at Shea Stadium, and Masato Yoshi was making his Major League debut. The Mets won 7 to nothing. Edgardo Alfonso had a good game. I think Butch Husky was playing for the Mets. He had a good game. I you know, fell in love with Ray Ardonias. He became my favorite player until the Mets got Mike Piazza later on in that year. And ever since then, I had a love for the New York Mets and baseball and just enjoying going to the games. And I I went to the games with my dad a lot. I went to games with my dad and my cousins. We went together. Me and my father had a plan in 2006. And then in 2007, I think we did the Sunday games. But the last time the two of us together went to a Mets game, just the two of us, was during the Shea Stadium era. 
That was the last time. We never went together alone at City Field. So I thought that this was the perfect time to do this. And I posted pictures on social media before the game started, and a lot of you liked it and posted comments and, you know, posted about, you know, your experiences with your dads or whoever it was that you went with to games. I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. I know my dad really enjoyed it. All of the legends that were out there from 1969 to 1986, 99 and 2000, 2006, 2015, and all in between. They had the great roster introductions. So many great players that we got to see take part in this event. From the Billy Wagners and John Francos of the world. Ed Cranepool, who played his whole entire career as a Met. Ron Swoboda was there. Ray Knight was there. Wally Backman. Ron Darling. Keith Hernandez. Daryl Strawberry. Jesse Orozco. Doc Gooden. Then you go to, you know, my era, in which I grew up watching. Mike Piazza. Al Leiter. Edgardo Alfonso. Robin Ventura. Benny Agbayani. Glendon Rush, who was on the show last year. Bobby Valentine, who we also had on the show. Howard Johnson, Bobby Ojeda, Kevin Mitchell, Sid Fernandez. Joe Torre was even there. Terry Collins, Willie Randolph, Cliff Floyd, Daniel Murphy, Andy Chavez, Mookie Wilson. One of my favorite pitchers, David Cohn. Frank Thomas was there. A lot of Met legends. Skip Lockwood, Ed Lynch, Pedro Martinez, Jose Reyes. I know David Wright wasn't there, but it was said during the offseason that he wasn't going to be able to attend. I don't know if he had prior commitments. A lot of people saying that he didn't want to, you know, be considered an old-timer just yet. And I understandable. I'm sure he will get his honor some point, and he will be there at some point. But so much excitement in the air. It was just a happy moment all throughout the day. And here's where I got emotional. You know, it was fun and exciting to see all these players, but where I got emotional is the surprise announcement that the Mets made. And at first, you know, when they're playing this video of Willie Mays that Howie Rose announced, I thought the surprise was that Willie Mays was going to be there. Unfortunately, he wasn't because he just had hip surgery. He's 91 years old. But the announcement that Willie Mays is number 24 is going to be retired. Now, I know there's a little bit of confusion as if it was retired. I think it was retired at Old Timers Day. I don't know when they're going to put it up in the rafters, but I think it was retired at that moment there. Willie's son was there for the honor, along with his former teammates. Cleon Jones was there to help out with that. And we talked to Cleon Jones on the podcast last week about his time playing with Willie Mays. So go back and listen to that. But the... Cohen's, Steve, Alex Cohen, fulfilling Joan Payson's promise to retire Willie Mays' number. We all know, if you are a Met historian, especially like me, I love going back, reading, watching, and looking back on Met's history. And if you do that, obviously you do because you all enjoyed the Old Timers Day. But Joan Payson was a minority owner of the New York Giants. She sold her stake when they left for San Francisco in 1957. And she vowed to bring New York baseball back. That's when she became the principal owner of the New York Mets in 1962. Her favorite player was Willie Mays. And she vowed not only to bring him back to New York, but to also retire his number. And the Mets traded for Mays 
In May of 1972, they went to the World Series in 1973 with the You Gotta Believe Mets. But when Joan Payson passed away in 1975, they didn't get the opportunity to retire his number. And we've always talked about the Brooklyn Dodgers. And really, not enough about the New York Giants, right? We know the Wilpons had that relationship with the Dodgers. Fred Wilpon grew up a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. He went to school, high school, and was good friends with Sandy Koufax. But the Mets do have an important history with the New York Giants. If you look at the hat logo, it's exactly the same. The Giants had the black and orange, but the Mets now have the blue and orange with the NY interlocking. And the Mets played at the polo grounds in 1962 and 1963. So they have just as much of a relationship, maybe even more, with the New York Giants than they do with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And at some point in time, I'm going to go back and look back into the history of the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers, because I just think that whole time with those two teams and the New York Yankees, when those three teams were in New York, what a time to have been alive and watching baseball from those three teams. Now, going back to... This old-timers day, a couple of highlights from the game. Bobby Valentine coming out with his signature mustache disguise. You know, he did that in, I think it was 1999, where he got kicked out of the game, and he was kind of sneaking back with a disguise on, and he had the mustache on. So he did that in his introduction. Also during introductions, how about Pedro Martinez? He's never changed. His fun-loving self hopping around when they introduced him, his personality is so infectious. Then we go to the game itself, and there's some players. First off, Mike Piazza and Daryl Strawberry look in great shape, like they could still play. And then you had Andy Chavez, Mookie Wilson, and Cliff Floyd, who still show that they could play. Andy on defense, Cliff Floyd on offense, and Mookie Wilson doing it all. He hit we were out in left field, and he made an awesome catch off the bat of Benny Agbayani, who hit it really hard. A very cool moment was pitcher Steve Dillon from the 1963-64 team. He even got on the mound to pitch. Now, not too many people will remember Steve Dillon, because he only pitched in three games. But it was nice to see him honored on Old Timers Day. Now, I was sitting a section away from his family, and they were cheering him on. He even came down to see them after the game was over, and he got a standing ovation from all of us. And all of us were chanting his name, and it was just awesome to see fans going out there, taking pictures with him, signing autographs. It was just an amazing moment, and I'm pretty sure that's something that we will all not forget, and Steve Dillon will not forget either. Now, we got to talk about this because this is, this is very important. The aspect of celebrating our history. Now, we may only have two World Series champions in 69 and 86. The Mets also have the 2000 National League champions and the 2015 National League champions. And 1973, let's not forget about them. So five times they've been to the World Series, one twice. We may have gone through a lot of bad times and embarrassing times, more than good times. We don't have the Yankees' storied success or history, but we have our own history. 
The Mets, the New York Mets, are our team. This is our legacy. And as we saw, fans were ready to embrace it. And they did it the best way they could. It was an awesome event. And a big thanks goes out to the owners of the team, Steve and Alex Cohen. They've done everything right by this fan base so far. By this team. By the alumni. Because I think there was a tweet out there that said that Steve paid for all of their, you know, transportation and stay. The Wilpons would have never done that. But let's not get into them. They've done right by the history we consider so rich in our hearts. So here's a huge thank you to them and hoping for more good times in the future as they continue to transform, pay respect, and honor this organization and franchise we love so dearly. Now, some final notes before this train leaves the station. I know it's a short episode, but I really wanted to focus on what was a great weekend at Old Timers Day. The Mets had a great series. They won three out of four from the Colorado Rockies, especially on Old Timers Day. They won 3 nothing with uh, David Peterson on the mound. The only game they lost was Max Scherzer, and he pitched great. Only gave up a sacrifice fly, and they lost one nothing. But the Mets head into a huge series coming up with a possible playoff opponent. The Mets are going to play the Dodgers. Part two. Because if you remember in LA earlier on in the season, the Mets lost the first two games of the series and then ended up winning the second two games of that series, splitting the four games. Well, in game one on Tuesday, Taiwan Walker will take the mound. He's 10-3 with a 3.38 ERA. He will go up against Andrew Heaney, 2-1 with a 1.94 ERA. And to look out, Francisco Lindor is batting 333 against Heaney, so hopefully he can get himself back going because he has been struggling as of late, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. Jacob deGrom goes in Game 2, 3-1 with a 2.15 ERA against Tyler Anderson, 13-2 with a 2.69 ERA. Now against Tyler Anderson, the Mets have a couple of hitters who have hit him well, and hopefully they will be in the lineup. Eduardo Escobar can use this time to get himself going. He bats 308 against Tyler Anderson. Jeff McNeil batting 333 against Tyler Anderson. Nimmo batting 375 and Darren Ruff batting 333 who also needs to get himself going. Chris Bassett 11 and 7 with a 3.34 ERA will go on Thursday to be determined who he will be going up against. But a couple things the Mets need to do. The Mets desperately need more out of the bottom of the lineup. It is like Death Valley down there right now. Even The Undertaker wouldn't rise for that. And that's for anyone who understands uh, a wrestling reference right there, pro wrestling reference. Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor are cohesively slumping at this moment in time. And someone needs to step up because they can't do it all all the time. We can't just count on them to be successful every time. They're going to have their slumps. So whoever's catching, whether it's James McCann or Tomas Nito, desperately needs to step up. And if I was the Mets, I kind of would make Tomas Nito the starter right now because James McCann has not been hitting. 
And then you also have Eduardo Escobar, who's come back into the lineup. He had he struggled this series. Brett Beatty also is struggling. So it's like eight and nine in the lineup are giving you nothing. And if they're giving you nothing, that leaves seven in the lineup. And then with Lindor and Alonzo not hitting, that now leaves you five people in the lineup. The offense needs to get itself together. This is a stretch run where they have the, what is it, the best stretch against teams in all of baseball. They got to take advantage here. The Mets bullpen also has got to step up. Someone needs to step up and be that setup man. Whether it's Seth Lugo, Trevor May, I mean, Michael Givens has given us nothing. But the thing is, we can all complain about the bullpen. But the reality is, we are stuck with what we have. And all we can do is hope. Hope for them to step up. One thing I don't want to do is count on Tyler McGill coming back from an injury to being an important piece of that bullpen. I don't want that pressure on him. But if he can be the difference maker, that would help big time. The Mets are currently three up in the division after the Cardinals took two out of three from the Atlanta Braves. And here are some truths we have to realize, Mets fans. This division will come down to the wire. No doubt. It's possible that it comes down to the last day of the season. The Mets play the Atlanta Braves again in the second-to-last series of the season in Atlanta for three games. This division race reminds me of the NOS last season when the Giants and the Dodgers were going at it. The Giants won by one game. They had a 107-55 record to the Dodgers' 106-56 record. Now, I hope the end result isn't the same when it comes to the end of the season because the Dodgers knocked off the Giants in the division series and then the Dodgers got knocked off by the Braves in the championship series. We all want the Mets to win the World Series. So hopefully they can get hot here in September or at least push themselves through to win the division because that's what's going to be important. Whoever doesn't win the division is going to be in the wild card and then will most likely have to play the Dodgers in the division series. And you want the Atlanta Braves to be that team because you want the Braves and the Dodgers to beat themselves up in the division series. So we got a big week coming in, a big three-game set, a possible playoff preview, and hopefully the Mets come out on top like they've done most of the season. Well, that pretty much wraps up this episode of Subway to Shea. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. Listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome and thanks for joining us. I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I just mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Met fans. Let them know this is the Mets podcast to listen to. If you've been a supporter this whole time, I can't thank you enough. Like I said earlier on at the beginning of the show, this show wouldn't be where it is today without you. And I appreciate you all so very much. Because of you, Subway to Shades Global, this podcast is not only played in the United States, but also has reaches across the globe. And no matter where you listen, Please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like, 
I want to make this show better each and every week. And by going on Apple Podcasts, rating the show from one to five stars, hopefully you're giving me five stars, and leaving comments in the review section, it could only help me to make this show better. You can also do the same thing on Spotify. You can give a rating on Spotify. That helps out a lot as well. And don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan-sided network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the Fan Sided Network at Fan Sided. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. And that will do it for this week's podcast. Always remember to listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea. And always remember, let's go Mets. Mets.